Let's take God's word this evening and turn to the book of Romans chapter number 10. We were in chapter 1 this morning. We'll be in Romans chapter 10. Um, it, it is exciting to, to, to be with you all this evening. And I, I am honored that your pastor would ask me. And, and I just want to be a blessing and a help to him and to you all. And so let's look at uh, Romans 10 and we'll begin verse number 11. And again, if, you, if you're able, would you stand for the reading of our text? In Romans chapter 10, and beginning with verse number 11. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. For they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Verse 17 will be our text for tonight. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this church. We thank you for the group of people that have come back this evening. And I pray that you would do what I cannot do, and that's to speak to their hearts and meet the needs. We pray for Brother Alter tonight, that you'd bless him, bless the ministries there where he is at. I pray that you'd keep him uh, safe as he travels back. I pray you'd meet the needs in his life. We thank you for he and his family. Thank you for the many years that they have spent here in investing in your work and investing in the lives of these people. Help us, dear Lord, tonight to receive that which you have for us in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We could go to the post office and drop off a letter, one of which may be written on fine, luxurious stationery with perfect grammar written in the best of ink, and dropped off without a stamp. One letter could be written on wadded-up notebook paper, grammar certainly butchered, but it has a stamp on it. Which one will make it to the destination? The one with the stamp on it. And as we think about our prayer life, it's not the eloquent of words that we use in our prayer life. It's the stamp of faith that we need. God is looking for faith. And it says here in the Bible, so then faith cometh by hearing. I like for you to notice in particular that word cometh. Faith comes. It's not something that we can buy. It's not something that we can work up. It's not something that that we can get, but it's something that comes. That's why I think it's imperative that you and I are in the Word of God. I believe it's important that we are here uh, when when God's Word is open and it's taught and preached. And as the Sunday school teachers, they labor and they teach. Why? Because if we sit under the sound of the Word of God and we, we put ourselves in that position, the Bible says here, faith cometh. And if I were to ask any one of you tonight, I'd say, would you like to have more faith? Most everyone would say, yes, preacher, I'd like to have more faith. But God tells us how to make that happen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm sure your preacher, just as most preachers do, they encourage you to come back to each of the services. 
It's not a numbers thing. It's a faith thing. It's a, it's a matter of, of God's people growing. It's a matter of being where you're in a position to receive what God has for you and what God wants to do. You see, what God does with you and, and with me and with this ministry, it really comes back to our faith, does it not? It's been said faith is defined and in, in, in applied sort of like this. Listen carefully. Pray believe and you'll receive pray and doubt you'll do without i don't know what you're going to accomplish and i don't know what i'm going to accomplish i don't know what troy baptist temple is going to accomplish and grace baptist church is going to accomplish but i can tell you this it'll come back to the measurement of our faith did we step out in faith? Now, I know you did. Um, that's why you have this facility. You stepped out in faith as a congregation. Same as our church. We stepped out in faith. And I, I told our people, I said, I really believe that what God brings us to, God will bring us through. If he brings you to something, he'll bring you through that because we exercise our faith in him. And he must be the object of our faith. I, I, like you, I've heard, I've tried to talk to people about the Lord and they would say, well, you know, we're, we're not people of faith. We just, and, and I want to say, yes, you are. Everybody's a person of faith. You're either putting your faith in yourself or the savior. The fact of the matter is, is you exercise faith every time you get in your car and drive down the road. There's only paint that divides you and the oncoming car. There's just some painted lines usually. It's faith that they're going to stay on their side, especially on I-75. And it's, it's a lot of faith. You get, you get your prescription from the doctor. Only the doctor, the Lord, and the pharmacist know what is written on that piece of paper. But you have faith believing that if you take that and you receive it and you swallow it, somehow or another you're going to get better. And that's a measure of faith. For me, there's another step of faith. Getting on an airplane. I don't like to fly. I used to enjoy it. I don't like them anymore. I think this is crazy. Bible says, I am low, I am with you always. Low. <laughs> low. My mom says, it's, you're just that much closer to heaven. It'll be all right. I'm thinking, well, that's true because as soon as the pilot gets on and says, we're going down, I'll never know anything about the crash because when he gets on and says that, I'm going into cardiac arrest like that. I'll be gone. I'll be in heaven before anybody else. Let's turn to Matthew, if you would. Hold your place there. Matthew chapter 9. Um. Matthew chapter number 9. Just a moment here. I want to begin reading in verse number 27. 9 and verse 27. And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his fame in all the country, I'd like you to notice in one particular statement here, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. I wonder how little we really accomplish because of our lack of faith. 
I wonder one day when we get to heaven and we know everything because we're going to be like him and we'll look back and say, you know, so much more could have been done. But I, but it was according to my faith. Notice it doesn't say it's not according to your fame. It's not according to your feelings. It's not according to your fortune. It's not according to your friends. It's not according to your fate. But it is according to your faith. It is, it is imperative that we have faith. Um, I heard an acrostic for faith years ago, F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. And, 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 and by the way, don't forget in the very middle, it's I. I must trust him. I can't trust him for you. I have to trust him for me. I can't trust him for my kids. They have to trust him. It's a personal faith. And forsaking all, trusting him. You see, unbelief is the mother of all sin. Think about it. Unbelief caused Eve to sin against God. I mean, she ate them out of a house and a home. Can you believe that? (laughs) Unbelief locked the doors to the promised land. Unbelief of the people limited the mighty works of God. In Matthew 13, in verse 58, it says, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Wow, and I thought about that as a pastor. In leading our church, I want there to be mighty works done there. I do. I want to be a good steward of the opportunities that God has given to me. And God's been so very good to me, and he's been so very good to all of us. And I want to be a good steward of that. I want to see the the greatest and mightiest of things accomplished. But I realize it's our dependence on him. And and by the way, we've already seen enough of what man can do. We need to see what God can do. Because what God can do surpasses anything that you and I'll ever come up with. But what is the, what is the sin that sends people to hell today? It's not lying. It's not murder. It's not rape. It's not arson. It's not sexual perversion. It's unbelief. And by the way, God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves there. They send themselves there because of their lack of belief and not, not placing their faith and trust in Christ alone. He said in John fourteen six, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no man come to the Father but by me. God doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves there because of unbelief. Think about all that does come to us because of faith. And so many wonderful things. Salvation. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, by faith we have the fullness of the Spirit. Um, And Galatians 3 and verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Not only that, we have by faith victory over the world. And boy, I'll tell you something. If the world's ever made a push against the Christianists today, if there's ever been a push against Christianity that was just open and blatant as we see it today, I'm telling you, it's, it's different than it's ever been in America but I want to tell you, we can have, by faith, we can have victory. First John chapter 5, verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Faith. Mm. So important. Not only that, we have victory over the devil. Ephesians 6 and verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, from which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Think of all the problems that come 
when we fail to exercise faith. Let me give you some. How about worry? Don't raise your hand. Anybody ever worry? Worry is what? It's the absence of faith. But let's think about what does what does worry really say? And I'm I'm guilty. I, I, you're looking at a guy that's just as guilty as anybody in the room. But what really is worry? It's God. I don't think you can handle this. If I really believed that He could handle it and that He'd work it all out, then I wouldn't be worried. But when you and I worry, we're basically saying, God, I don't think you can handle this. And we know He can. How about loneliness? God seems far away, but God hasn't moved. We said this morning in the adult Bible class that when we come back to God, no matter how far away from God you are, I believe when you take that first step, regardless of where you're at, when you take that first step back to God, He meets you right there. Because He said in James 4, 8, draw nine to God and He will draw nigh to you. So when you take that step, you may be 10,000 steps in the wrong direction, or you may just be 10 steps in the wrong direction. But regardless, I believe when you turn to him, he meets you there and he takes you back into himself and praise God for that. How about guilt? When we fail to exercise faith, our guilt gland becomes overactive because we do not trust God for cleansing. Faith, listen to this, faith is our acceptance of God's acceptance of us. That may sound a bit confusing, but sometimes people have a hard time be accepting that you mean God really accepts me? You mean that God accepts me? I have a hard time accepting that truth because I know me. Yes. You can accept the fact that he does accept you. That's what's so wonderful. That's just that's his love, that's his mercy that he accepts anybody. He might think, like Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners, but he accepted him. And there's not a person in this room that can't come back to God. I want to say this. There's no one in the room that has to leave this place tonight that's not totally right with God. Did you know that? No one has to leave the place without being totally right with God. You're only one step away from being totally right with him. Confess your sin before him. What's he going to do? He's going to be faithful and just to forgive us. He's going to welcome us back. That's what he's longing to do. I, I don't know of any true parent that really loves their kids that wouldn't wel- welcome them back into the home when they recognize their waywardness and want to come back. Any loving parents would say, yes, we've been waiting on this just as the prodigal's father. And then there's, there's, the, there's the disobedience. If I truly believe God's word, I would not violate it. What do you mean? If you'll write this down, belief determines our behavior. Belief always determines your behavior. Our our attitude affects our altitude and how high we're going to go. But what we believe really dictates our behavior. You're here tonight. I, I would assume for the most part, you're here tonight because you believe you ought to be. Your belief dictated you coming back tonight. You believed it was important. You believed it would be helpful. You believed, you, obviously you believe something enough to that's why you're here. And the fact of the matter is, is as soon as I'm here, I, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go back to our church and catch the rest of the service. Why? Because I believe what's going on there tonight is really important. I got a missionary that's coming that I want to meet. Why? Because I have an idea. We're going to take him on for support. I believe in that. So what I'm going to do, it's going to control my, it's going to control my behavior. It's going to dictate what I do. 
Belief determines that behavior. The blessings of God that come to you and I comes by obedience. And there's, there's something to think about as we have faith and obey the Lord. God blesses obedience. Get that, get that clear. Just make, just make mental note of that. Can God bless disobedience and still be a holy, righteous God? Can he? Can God bless disobedience? No. No parent in their right mind. Look, if, if my children are not doing what they're supposed to do and they're, they're doing stuff, that they, they know it to be wrong. I'm not going to say, hey, you know what? Let's just go have ice cream. Let's go, let's go out for an activity. Let's go do all these things. Why? I, I'm not interested in doing all these other things if they're not going to do what they're supposed to do. And I don't believe the Lord's looking to bless you and I when we are disobedient. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Faith is not, look, faith is not just positive thinking. Although there, I've met a lot of people that would, they need a good dose of it, of positive thinking. I, and um, I, don't, I don't know that I'm a, uh, I don't think I'm a pessimist. I may not be considered an optimist, but I would say I'm a realist. But I do believe you can think positive when you're following God and obeying God and exercising faith in Him. You can be positive about it. One little boy came to his dad and said, Dad, I failed my math test today. He said, that's negative thinking, son. you got to be positive. And the little boy said, well, I'm positive I failed the test. <laughs> and that's how sometimes we are. We're positive but not about the right thing. Remember, our faith is in the Lord. It, it cannot be in ourselves. It, it must be in Him. You know, it's not in our feelings. I've said this for years, especially to new converts. Your salvation is not wrapped up in your feelings. Your feelings change. I mean, there's some days that I don't feel like a Christian, especially on the road. There are certain times when somebody, you know, they pull right out in front of you and stop. And then you get behind somebody that they would have to speed up to stop. They're going so slow. I don't always feel like a Christian when that happens. Uh, I, maybe your preacher's more sanctified than I am, but it bothers me uh, going down the road and somebody is just, they're, they're holding up everybody. I'm thinking, you know, why don't you park it? Let us, let, let us to have to go to work and other places. Let us get to where we need to go. And um, so... Uh, and then the devil comes along and here's what he'll do. Well, you don't have enough faith. I didn't know that it was an amount of faith necessarily. You see, here's another approach to faith. It's not that I have a great amount of faith. It's that I have, a, a, it's that I have faith in a great God. My, 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 the object of my faith is God. And, and by the way, the object of your faith always determines the outcome. And so it's, it's not a great faith necessarily, but a faith in a great God. And the, and the least amount of faith in the, right, in the right object is better than the greatest amount of faith in the wrong object. In Matthew 17 and verse 20, it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say to you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain... Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Think about that. Do we have faith to really believe that God's going to see us through? What if there's more month than there is money? What if the doctor says, this is not good? Have we got faith that God can take care of it? 
Are we sure that He can? When we, when we see who God is and we recognize Him for who He is and what He can do, it changes everything. Knowing God is essential. Romans 10 and verse 17 in our, in our text there, So then faith cometh. Don't forget that it cometh. It cometh by what? By hearing and the hearing of the word of God. God gives faith. God gives us word and faith comes. You don't generate it, it comes. I like this. I wish there was something I could do to make, make it so that I have greater and greater faith. But I guess it is. If you look at that, the hearing of the word of God. I'm sure your preacher preaches the Bible. There's no question about it. There's no question. If there's anything I know about your preacher's this, he has studied the Bible. He studied the history behind the Bible. He has studied all kinds of things that all comes back to the Bible that we hold in our hands and why we believe this is the Word of God. You can't get around your pastor very long and you'll figure that out. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 we see is often used as a definition of faith. It says, so now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You think about that word hope. Today we use that word in a totally different way than I believe the the scripture does. Well, I I hope to see you again. I I hope it's going to work out. But we don't have a lot of assurance. When we use the word today, hope, it's well, it's it's a maybe, but not in the Bible. As we think about the word being used, the blessed hope. We're looking for the blessed hope and return of our Savior. It doesn't say the blessed maybe, but the blessed hope. I know he's coming back. You say, how do you know he's coming back? He said he was. How do you know you're saved tonight? He says you are. He that believeth on the Son hath the everlasting life. I believe it. I, look, I believe I'm saved tonight because he said so, not because I feel like it. I'm saved tonight because he said so. He's coming back. Why? Well, I believe he says so. How do I know there's a heaven? He said so. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And he's coming back to receive his own. There's a real place. So you believe that? Absolutely. Why? He says so. I believe that you and I can have a victorious life. I really do. I believe every person in this room tonight can say, yes, I'm going to live a victorious life. Why? Because he says you can. And he tells us how we can go about that. How do I know I'm not alone? Because he says so. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you can't come back to the Bible for what you believe, then you tell me, hey, how how can you be solid and steadfast in what you're saying? If you don't have this right here to back it up. Oh, I'm like, look, as I mentioned this morning, I got lots of books. But there's only one real book. There's only one that's ageless. There's only one that's tried and true. There's only one that has stood the test of time. There's only one that has changed people's lives forever. No other book in all of history has ever been responsible for changing people's lives as the Bible. How do I know that I can make it through a valley? 
And some of you may possibly be in a valley. Maybe you've just come out of a valley. How do you know that you can make it through the valley? Because he said so. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. And by the way, think about that. It's a shadow. It's not the real, it's not the real thing. It's just, it's just a shadow of it. <laughs> like the man that was traveling down the road one day with his daughter after, after her mother had died. And he was trying to make illustration and comfort his little, his little girl. And he said to his little girl, he said, would you rather get hit by the truck or the shadow of the truck? <laughs> Dad, that's easy. The shadow of the truck, that won't hurt. Yeah, well, just remember, Jesus got hit by the truck. Mommy only got hit by the shadow. Why? Because of him. How can I make it through the valley? Because of him. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You see, you don't have to sink under the circumstances when you can sell above them. You can sell above them by faith. People sometimes, we all make these expressions. We've all said it probably once or twice. Well, I'm doing all right under the circumstances. We must ask ourselves, well, what are you doing under them? What are you doing under there for? He shouldn't be under them. He'll be above them. Why? Because of the Lord. Having faith. So then faith come by hearing. You know the greatest thing that will ever comfort you in a time of need in that valley? And, and you know the only thing that's going to keep you from being under the circumstances? Is this book right here. We've all had our difficulties. We've all had some times in our life where it's very difficult. And um, I, I don't share this everywhere I go, but it's part of my life. Um, my first wife passed away of cancer. She was 25 years old. I was 27. We were, full, we were both Bible college graduates. We were um, serving in California in the church there full time. And um, she, she was um, diagnosed with melanoma. And actually, she was misdiagnosed and therefore wasn't treated properly. And, but the Lord called her home. And I'm going to tell you something. The only thing that comforted me was the Word of God. It was the Word of God. I could get alone and start reading the Bible, great comfort, great strength. I mean, really, from reading God's Word and praying and, and doing my best to walk with God. Had it not been for that, then I think I'd been like the rest of the world. Ripped apart in every way, no stability. Trying to seek this or seek that to find comfort. But I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to seek the world's comfort when you have the Lord. The Lord is able because faith is a gift. Faith comes by hearing. God's not going to give you a word on something that's not his will. God will always keep his word. I'll close with this quote by William Carey. Now, this is over 200 years ago. Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. I believe you can do that. I believe as you follow your pastor and as he follows the Lord, let me be clear about that. I'm a pastor. Our people are to follow the pastor as he follows the Lord. It is conditional. It's conditional. It's not blind. It's not blind. It's not blind fellowship. 
But as we are being led of the Spirit of God, in tune with God and His Word, never contradicting that, and we step out in faith as a body of believers, we can expect great things to happen. I heard a great quote says, "Let your let your dreams, or let your dreams, your your future, be brighter and better than your past." You know, a lot of times we live in the past, and God says, "No, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come." Another statement: Make the rest of your life. This is worth writing down. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. Make the rest of your life the best of your life. How are you going to do that? By faith. By walking with God, believing Him. Make the rest of it the absolutely the best. Well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for the time we've had here this evening. We thank You for Your love and mercy and Your goodness to all of us. And Lord, I pray tonight that If there's someone who's without Christ as their Savior, they'd make sure before they leave.